Let us turn this morning, please, in the Word of God to the 23rd Psalm, Psalm number 23. Psalm number 23. Such a well-known psalm. And yet, such a psalm of comfort, direction, assurance for the people of God in the world in which we live and in the world in which David lived. It has always been a fallen world. And therefore, there's great truths in Psalm 23. Let us read it together. Psalm 23, reading together from verse number 1. Let us hear the Word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We'll end our reading there, and we know that God will bless the public reading of his word to every heart. Let us have a moment's prayer together, please. And whatever words you use, the quietness of your heart, you use them now. As we take a moment, still ourselves before the Lord, all too soon the benediction will be pronounced. Morning worship will have ended. The time around the book of God will have closed for another Sunday morning. So you pray, Lord, speak to my heart. I need you. Never be ashamed to tell the Lord you need him. You need a word. You need light. You need guidance. Almighty God and Father in heaven, who dwelleth in light, inapproachable and full of glory, before whom angels bow their heads and cry, Holy, 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 is the Lord God of hosts. And Father, we thank Thee for the Word of God and our own mother tongue. We thank Thee for a Bible that we can read that brings comfort to our soul and direction to our footsteps. And above all, showed us Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep. And Father, I confess before God and this congregation my complete inadequacy and unworthiness to deal with what's before me now in the meeting. Empty me of self and sin. Forgive those sins for their many. Wash me now in the blood of Christ. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. We stand into the victory of the cross. We pray against the devil and every power of darkness. And we pray that for a season around the book of God that our hearts will be focused and our minds will be open to receive the engrafted truth that is able to build us up in our most holy faith. Abide with us now. Give the anointing to preach, the anointing to hear with profit, and glorify Christ in all things. And let the blood of the Lamb prevail. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A shepherd, as I'm sure you all know, is quite some quite simply someone who tends to a flock of sheep. 
In Bible times, the shepherd was responsible to protect that flock from attack. He was responsible to feed the flock. He was responsible to lead the flock. And he was responsible to defend the flock. Bearing in mind the one who penned this psalm, of course, was the psalmist David, the shepherd of Israel. Before David was a king, before David was a soldier in the army of Israel, David was a shepherd. Cast your mind back to that day when Samuel came to the home of Jesse, sent there by the Lord to anoint among Jesse's sons the next king of Israel. And at that time, as you know the story, David wasn't there. He was in the fields. He was in the fields with the flock. He was doing the work of a shepherd. The psalmist actually speaks of that in Psalm 78 when he says, God chose David also as servant and took him from the sheepfolds. David knew, as all shepherds know, that the sheep are their responsibility. It is their duty to protect them, to feed them, to lead them, and defend them. When you take it into the New Testament and you come to the birth of our Redeemer, we also glean that the shepherds did not go home at night. They stayed in the fields with the flock. Luke's gospel in chapter 2 tells us at the time of our Lord's birth, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. That's a very important point, by night. The dark hours, dark hours are dangerous hours. Darkness is dangerous, and therefore the shepherds were with the sheep. Having given you a very brief introduction about what a shepherd is, we come to this psalm this morning. I want to come to what is known as the shepherd's psalm, and I just want to speak a message this morning uh, from this pulpit as the Lord helps. A message I entitled, Gleanings from the Shepherd's Psalm. Gleanings from the shepherd's psalm. The first thing I want to show you is who is the shepherd in this psalm? Who is the shepherd in the psalm? Well, verse 1 tells us very clearly who the shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. And men and women, the theme of Christ our Lord, our Redeemer, being a shepherd is a theme that runs throughout the Scriptures of Truth. Now, I want to turn to a few verses here. Go to Zechariah chapter 13, please. Zechariah chapter 13. And look with me there. Zechariah, that book just before Malachi, the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah 13. And here's Zechariah. He's speaking. He's prophesying of Calvary, where the sword of justice would awake against the shepherd of the sheep. Zechariah 13, verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow. And as I have said, Zechariah is speaking of Calvary, the day that the shepherd of the sheep and the sword of justice would awake against our Redeemer and our Savior. Now go over to John chapter 10, keeping the Calvary, the cross, in view. Go to John chapter 10, because here's the life of our Lord, our Redeemer, the great shepherd. And look at John chapter 10, verse 11. John 10, verse 11. And there we read, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life 
for the sheep. Both those verses, Zechariah and then John 10, speaking about the cross, because when Christ went to the cross, men and women, he went there for the sheep. That's why he was at the cross. Now go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. Again, this theme of Christ the shepherd. Hebrews 13. And look with me at verse number 20. Hebrews 13. Now we're at the resurrection. We have left the cross. We have come to the resurrection. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And there we see that Christ was not only at the cross for the sheep, the sheep were there, Christ was dying for the sheep, but the resurrection, Christ is still the shepherd. He rose as the shepherd of the sheep. Now go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And look with me at verse 4. Peter's speaking to the elders. He's speaking about the second coming of Christ. And again, Christ is still the shepherd. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory, which fadeth not away. Again, we see Christ is the shepherd in redemption at the cross. He's the shepherd at the resurrection. He was David's shepherd. And at the second coming, when our Lord will return with his angel train to bring to an end and to a close world affairs as we know them, he is coming as the shepherd. The shepherd, your shepherd, my shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep, the shepherd of his church. He's coming back as the shepherd. Christ is the shepherd by redemption. The sheep whom the Father entrusted to the Son. Christ is their shepherd by redemption. He's their shepherd by the cross. Going back to Psalm number 23. As one writer said, Psalm 23 had to come after Psalm 22. Because Psalm 22 is the psalm of the cross. And it's only after a man or a, a woman reads, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That that individual can say, The Lord is my shepherd. Only when we experience the saving grace of God in our lives, know the value of Christ's blood, see by the eye of faith the sword awake against the shepherd, only then and only then can we know the sweetness of the shepherd's care, and only then can we say, the Lord is my shepherd. He's a personal shepherd. Christ is the shepherd. Secondly, what does it mean for you and I this morning to have Christ as the shepherd, as your shepherd? Well, the first thing it means is this. It means that you have been purchased. You have been purchased. Come with me in your mind to the agricultural realm. Sheep are not wild animals. They're not wolves. They're not foxes. They're not badgers that run wild. They don't have that nature. Sheep have been purchased. Somebody owns them. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. Christ uses these terms that we all understand, shepherd and sheep. Remember, Paul reminded the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. Somebody owns you. 1 Corinthians 7, you're bought with a price. 
Peter writing to the believers, we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. To have Christ as your shepherd means you have been purchased. The cross, the atonement, the very price of your redemption, Christ died to purchase his sheep. And thus we can say, the Lord is my shepherd because we have been purchased at the cross to be his. You see, Christ is a flock. No man can number that flock, but they're his flock. He knows where they are. He knows who they are. And every one of them that has looked by faith to the redeeming blood, every one of them that's resting alone in Christ for sins forgiven, resting on the finished work, can say of assurance, the Lord is my shepherd. I have been purchased. Somebody bought me. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus Christ. He's my shepherd. To have Christ as your shepherd also means not only you've been purchased, you will be provided for. You will be provided for. Go back to the agriculture realm. A sheep is a dependent creature. Sheep don't go hunting. But the psalmist here says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the thought is, I will not want that for which I need, because the Lord will provide for me as part of his work as my shepherd. Now look down the psalm now with me a little. Look at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. There's food. Food for my soul. The Lord feeds his sheep there. Food for the soul causes them to be fed. And we know in the spiritual, in the church of Christ, the Lord feeds us by the Word. Remember when he restored Peter? And he said to Peter there in Galilee, sure, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my lambs. Now, I grant you the word feed is very important. But I think the most important word in that statement is mine. Christ was reminding Peter and every minister and under-shepherd, don't forget they're my sheep. They don't belong to you. I'm only entrusting you to feed them and look after them because I died for my sheep. I rose for my sheep, and I am coming back for my sheep. To be a sheep in the fold of Christ, you have been purchased. You were paid for. You will be provided for. New converts desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow. You will also be guided. You will also be guided. Look at verse number three. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The, the Lord leads us. He goes before us. Now, let me say something. Christ never drives the sheep. Never. And if a Christian feels driven and under pressure to do something, and they feel like, uh, this great pressure that's nearly been driven into a situation, it's not the shepherd. It's not the shepherd. Because Christ leads the sheep. He doesn't push them. 
He doesn't drive them and go behind them, driving them down different areas. The Lord leads. He leads beside still waters. The Lord goes before a sheep, still waters of inner peace, still waters of conscience at rest, as the Holy Ghost witnesses with our spirit that we have peace with God beside the still waters. You see, when the Lord's leading, there's a calmness. I remember, I used to hear, when I wasn't long saved, I used to hear old believers speak, I had a great peace about it. I had a great peace about that. And I often wondered in those early days, what, what exactly are you talking about? They had that witness of the Spirit, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. Because the shepherd leads beside the still waters. He leads you there. As a shepherd, he leads his sheep, still waters of communion with God, still waters even in a stormy day. There's that inner peace, that inner calm. In the provision, there will be reviving and restoration. Look again at verse 3. He restoreth my soul. It's all in the thought of provision, men and women. As you know, nothing wanders like a sheep. Nothing's as foolish as a sheep. Luke 15, Christ spoke about the lost sheep. But Christ restores the soul. He restores the lost sheep. And it's all in the thought of provision. You're going to digress here a wee minute. Do I speak to one this morning in this service? And you've wandered. And you're not getting on as well as a Christian as you used to get on. And you know that. I tell you something now, Jesus Christ knows it too. But you're his sheep. Come with me in your mind to agricultural realm. There's a shepherd looking at his flock. And I don't know anything about agricultural sheep farming, but I know enough to know this. The shepherd will spot a sheep that's a bit lame, or it's a little bit weak, and he'll realize immediately that sheep needs a wee bit of attention. That sheep needs a bit of care. Christ knows the sheep that aren't getting on too well. They may be hurting. They may have got wounded. They may have got attacked by a wild beast. Christ knows where his sheep are. He knows the Christian that has been left by the devil like the man on the Jericho Road, wounded, bleeding and dying, fell among thieves. He knows the believer that's discouraged. He knows all about his sheep. He knows the one that just wonders, is, is, this, is this my lot in life? Trust me, men and women, you who belong to Jesus Christ, the shepherd knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how you feel. And he's not driving you because he's a tender shepherd. He's a compassionate shepherd. 
The provision is also seen in verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. They prepare us to table. The thought is their faithfulness, a table spread, and the spiritual gospel table. You think of that table, it is spread. Restoration, pardon, forgiveness, Father's love, home in heaven, all that that feast that Christ has prepared for his flock. But I want you to notice something. That preparation is in the very presence of the enemy of the sheep. Look again at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You see, the devil knows nothing of fatigue. He knows nothing of giving a believer a break. He taunts, he roars, he tempts. But Christ is showing here that as the shepherd of the sheep, even when the devil's near, he cannot stop Christ preparing and providing for the sheep. You'll be looked after. The devil can't stop that. In the presence of mine enemies, David knew his enemies. In his life, Saul hated him. Absalom wanted to kill him. There were people against him. There were people you couldn't have trusted as far as you'd throw them. At times, he hardly knew where he was. He knew one thing. Christ would always provide for him, prepare a table for him, and the devil and his enemies couldn't stop it because he had been purchased. Christ owned him. The provision goes on, verse 6, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Those two great pillars of the Christian faith, the goodness of God the mercy of God. You say, how often do they follow me? All the days of my life. But I wander, preacher. Goodness and mercy follow the wandering sheep. I'm struggling, preacher. The goodness and mercy of God follow all his sheep all the days of his life. He brings them back the goodness of God, the mercy of God, tender mercies, new mercies, fountain of mercies, those pillars everlastingly enduring on behalf of the sheep. God's mercy and goodness is always towards His sheep every day of their lives. It's all seen in the provision. Which brings me to this. What about the security that there is in Christ the shepherd? What about the security that there is in Christ the shepherd? Because the Lord is my shepherd, you can say, dear believer, there will be preservation and there will be protection. You see, it's seen in the security the shepherd gives. Look at verse 5 again. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The Christian life is not a utopia. Christianity that tells a sinner, come to Christ and you'll sail to heaven on a blue boat, on a blue sea, under a blue heaven, is absolute nonsense. Because you have an enemy. You have an enemy. The shepherd warns you about him. He'll be near. 
When Christ's near, he'll be near. But the believer has a great security. Think again of the natural agricultural realm a moment with me. You see, it may be possible in that realm for a fox or a wolf, a lion or a bear in Bible times, just to keep in the setting here, an ordinary shepherd in that setting, in spite of all diligence, might lose a sheep. Because the wild beast could come when the shepherd isn't watching. The wild beast could come when the shepherd's doing something else. But I want you to note that with Christ as your shepherd, that can never happen to the flock of God. Christ doesn't lose any sheep. Yes, Satan and the powers of darkness go about seeking whom they devour among the sheep. But with Christ as the shepherd, the security, here's the point always to remember, the security of the sheep is never in the sheep. It's in the shepherd. That's why the sheep are safe. Satan is a supernatural being. The security of the sheep is because of who your shepherd is. That's how you know that you will arrive safely to, go to glory. Because you see, the sheep is no match for the enemy, as a sheep in the agriculture realm is no match for wild animals, no match at all. But it's the shepherd that keeps care of them. And your security that you have in Christ as your shepherd, it is an impregnable security. You see, for a sheep, come again to agriculture realm, for a sheep in the agriculture realm to be taken or lost, the shepherd has to be in some way overcome. The shepherd has to be overcome. But dear believer, the one who saved you and is your shepherd can never be overcome. He can't be overcome. Some dear believers choice saints of God, but the devil taunts them and roars at them and accuses them about sin and accusing them about this and suggests you'll never make it to heaven. Christ can't be overcome as the shepherd because of the three attributes that are peculiar alone to God. Let me give you them. Christ as the shepherd possesses omnipotence. Almighty. Christ as a shepherd possesses omniscience. He knows everything. And Christ as a shepherd possesses omnipresence. There's nowhere where he's not. Where Christ's sheep are, Christ is. And therefore, since Christ your shepherd is omnipotent, he can't be overpowered. Since he's omnipresent, he can't be outmaneuvered. Since he's omniscient, he can't be outthought. Because remember, the devil is the great deceiver. That's how he seeks to gain the victory. He deceives and he seeks to always deceive. You can't deceive someone who knows everything. You can't deceive someone who's omniscient. And therefore, my brother and sister, today in Christ, as we gather here in martyrs, the security 
of your salvation, your Christian life. It's impregnable because of who the shepherd is. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. You're in union with him. And that's why Christ could stand in the Judean plain and make that glorious declaration that has brought comfort to Christians' hearts since it was said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, it's not a case that the devil wouldn't want to pluck you out of the hand of Christ. It's a case that he's not able to pluck you out of the hand of Christ, because you're in Christ. You're saved by Christ. Your sins are all forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. You think of those times in David's life when he was in danger, times when Job was in danger, but the devil could do nothing without the permission of God. Turn with me to the book of Jude, please. Go with me to the book of Jude, that little book before the Revelation at the end of the New Testament. And look with me there at verse number 24. Jude verse 24. Here's a glorious doxology. Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Note that the shepherd keeps the sheep from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Christ keeps us from falling. But understand this, dear believer, there's a day coming when Christ is going to present you before the throne. He's going to present that flock that the Father gave him. And he's going to say before the flock and before his Father, Here's the sheep you gave me. I lived for them. I died for them. I rose for them. I went back for them. Oh, it may not have been the second coming, but there's some Christ went back for every time a believer dies, the shepherd goes for that sheep. Remember that day, the night he was betrayed? And he said to the disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am in glory, there you may be also. The question is this, when did the shepherd come for Peter, John, Andrew, John, Thomas? He came for them at the moment of their death. He fulfilled the great promise he gave them that night in the upper room. I'll come for you again. Christ comes He takes his sheep. And then as Jude tells us here at the final day, when the second coming has taken place, all the sheep will be presented faultless before the throne of God with exceeding great joy. Faultless. 
That's some word with regard to sheep. Since we're the sheep, faultless, clothed in the garments of Christ, covered in his righteousness. You see, men and women in martyrs' memorial or people living, look, watching on and whatever way you're watching. Just to think about the sheep of Christ a moment. There's no perfect Christian. Don't be looking for one, because there aren't any. But there's a perfect shepherd that did a perfect work to take us to a perfect place. That's the security of the sheep. That's those that can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And then, I'm, very, I'm moving very quickly here. Thirdly, the scope of Christ's shepherding. Go back to Psalm 23, please. The scope of Christ's shepherding. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 6, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It begins with redemption. It's for the journey of life in, through death into eternity. It ends in heaven. Look at verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Christ the shepherd. Here's the scope of it. He saves in time. He guides and he keeps through life. He leads into death. Remember what top lady said? When I soar through tracks unknown. You see, nobody here has ever made that journey from earth to heaven. When I soar through tracks unknown, the shepherd is with the sheep. Verse 6 again, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The scope of Christ's shepherding is everlasting. Those he purchases, those he keeps. Christ loses none of a sheep. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David wasn't speaking about the temple of Jerusalem. He loved the temple. He loved the worship of God. wasn't speaking about it. When he was speaking about the house of God, he was thinking of a temple not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I will dwell in that house forever. You know what he was saying, men and women? I'm on my way to glory. And so are you. So are you. The devil can't stop it. The world can't stop it. They can mock it. They can taunt you all they want. You have a shepherd that can't fail and never will fail and keeps all his sheep. Christ, the great shepherd. Finally, the challenge of Christ, the shepherd. The majority, men and women, of people among whom we live have no shepherd. They live as lost sheep and they die as lost sheep. 
They're in a wild hurling wilderness. They're in the miry clay of this world. And they're in need of the shepherd's care. Under the control, deceived by the devil himself. Dear unsaved in this meeting. Dear unsaved. Dear unsaved listening on, watching from the home. You need to come to the shepherd today. You say, preacher, is there a word from, for the shepherd for me? Yes. Yes, there is. Let me give you it. Come unto me, Jesus said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. Many dear unsaved people, they say, will Christ receive me? Yes. Will he pardon me? Yes. Will he be to me all you have said about this shepherd? Yes, and far more. Because Christ, as a shepherd, his love, his goodness, his mercy is inexhaustible. Come to him today. Repent of sin, believe the gospel, and flee to Christ. And you who are Christ, rest in the arms of your shepherd. If you need to be led, say, good shepherd, lead me. If you've wandered and you don't know how to get back, say, good shepherd, come and get me, because I'm lost. Whatever you need, find it in the Good Shepherd, because he has promised to those he purchases, they shall not want. May God write his word on every heart. Father, take your word, apply it. Whatever has been of thee, apply it to every heart. Whatever has been of the preacher, let it just fall to the ground. But, O God, how we thank thee today for Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd at Calvary, the great shepherd at the empty tomb, and the chief shepherd in the day when he comes back for the sheep. Accept of our thanks this day, and bless the word to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.